Are you gay? Geeky? Just enjoy hearing your good Judy's dish about the latest in pop culture? Well, then you're in luck. The boys of Flame On are here for you. In every episode, we discuss the topics that entrance us. Whether it's comics, TV, movies, drag queens, or video games, we've got you covered. So, if you're ready for your gay and geeky slice of pop culture life, then sit back and get ready to Flame On! When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following program, Flame On, is presented by the Nerdy Show Network. Geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop. Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Flame On, uh, where we're going to be talking about a, it's kind of our Let's Watch sort of series, hopefully a series, maybe, possibly. Today, we'll be talking about Gravity Falls. It's a Disney XD series. Uh, For those of you that don't know what Disney XD is, it's Disney Channel's Cartoon Network. Uh, It just wrapped up. They only had two seasons. Season one was, I think, around 20 episodes. And season two was probably around 25, 26. But today I am joined with Brian. Hello. <laughs> and Pat over in the sound box. He's waving. He's saying hello. He's saying hi. Um, so it just wrapped up. It's been a very interesting show, especially for something that's Disney created. So, uh, Starting it off, uh, the series was created by Alex Hirsch back in 2012, and it wrapped uh, wrapped in 2016, just last month. Uh, I've only got about three voice actors. You can look them up on IMDb, but I've got three voice actors up here. It's Alex Hirsch, who's uh, Grunkle Stan, uh, Bill Cipher, a character named McGucket, and a character also named Dippy Fresh. Uh, and we've got Jason Ritter, who's Dipper Pines, one of the main characters, and uh, Christian Shawl, who's been in a whole bunch of stuff. Do you guys know – okay, I don't know if you know this. Jason Jason Ritter, I didn't know who he was. Named didn't ring a bell. <laughs> Started watching uh, Garfunkel and Oates, okay? <laughs> if you have not seen – you've probably heard of Garfunkel and Oates. They're a comedy duo. They do a bunch of stuff. Uh, what's one of their famous songs? Uh, uh, Sex with Ducks. Sex with one. Ducks. Uh, fuck Me in the Ass If You Love Jesus. Yep, yep. The Loophole. Loop oh, that's the name of that song? Oh, that's uh, that was the hook um, of the song. So if you've watched their show, I think it was on Esquire, uh, Jason Ritter was on that show. What was it? 
Oh, it was IFC. Oh, yeah. One of those other networks that I never watched. Uh, but it was on that show as... Not Mucci. Uh, anyway, her boyfriend, who was on, I think, a couple episodes, that's Jason Ritter. And I'm sure he's done other things. And I know he does a lot of voice acting, but... Not much. He hasn't done a ton, but he's uh, done... He's done a couple things. Nothing. People may know his father, John Ritter. Oh, that's right. I forgot about um. that, too. And he looks a lot like his dad, actually. <laughs> I forgot. I, actually, I, I didn't even think about that. Uh, I knew he, I knew Ritter had a son, but I don't think I realized that they were connected. Anyway, well, there you go. So, Three's Company. So, uh, or two, Three's Company. Three's Company. Ricky. Thank you. I know it was an R. Ricky. Lindholm. So, anyway, uh, he's probably one of the more famous ones. Now, Kristen Shaw, you've seen. Um, she's in been in a lot she's of stuff. Everywhere. She started as a stand up comedian. She was on, on third, the last season of 30 Rock. She's on The Daily Show sometimes. Uh,. What was the most recent thing I oh, saw? Oh, she's her? in Bob's Burgers. She's uh, Luis in yeah. Bob's Burgers. And she was uh, actually so that's voice acting. She was actually in uh, Last Man on Earth. Yep. As uh, in fact, we just finished season two today. Um, Phil's girlfriend. Yeah. Who's? Oh gosh, that's right. I, they got they got married. Ha! <laughs> How could I forget that? Yeah, Carol. Uh, so you know, the show has not only main voice cast that you've seen and you know of. But, like, if you go through the list of all of the other random people, they've had Will Forte has been in there. Jennifer Coolidge plays Lazy Susan. Yep. Uh, J.K. Simmons, who I'm very proud of. Not only do I love the guy, he's great as uh, J. 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 Jonah Jameson in the Spider-Man movies. But, actually, I found out he's a fellow brother of Fime Alpha. My really? fraternity, yeah. He's a music, a music guy. And that was his fraternity side. So Interview. <laughs> Interview. Well, I would love that. Oh my god, I love <laughs> I love his voice. I even love those stupid commercials he does with the was it Travelers or oh, far- Farmers? Farmers, yeah. Farmers, yeah. Dun, 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 he was dun, dun. in, and he was in um, the new movie that just came out as Utopia. Oh, I didn't realize I that. He's. It sounds just like him. It probably is. Him. So, uh, he's the mayor, Lion, uh, Mayor Lionheart. Oh, okay. Well, so we're getting way away from yeah. what is. So what? BJ, what would you say Gravity Falls – like what's the premise of the show? premise of the show is two siblings get shipped off to their great uncle Stan's, their grunkle Stan's uh, tourist trap for the summer because apparently they're not getting enough outdoors time for their parents. And they're sent there uh, to Gravity Falls, Oregon? Oregon, yeah. Gravity Falls, Oregon to kind of get out there and do something uh, for their summer. And they're 13 – so kind of like on the edge of starting high school and Dipper's kind of the sciencey part of the, the brain and Mabel is the emotional lovey-dovey part of the brain. She has lots of kitten sweaters and uh, Dipper finds a journal that documents all the weird paranormal stuff in Gravity Falls and starts really paying attention to all the weird stuff in Gravity Falls and just kind of takes off from there. So ostensibly, it's sort of an anthology show with the same characters, and, and, and the first season is very much Monster of the Week. Uh, when I listened to Alex Hirsch, the creator show up on the Nerdist Writers Panel, uh, he actually described it as kind of like his tribute to the X-Files. Yes, it's – I don't know. It's – I feel like it's the 80s. If you took Mulder and Scully, 
put them in the 80s, turn the personalities up to 50, and you kind of get Dipper and Mabel. Well, yeah, and, and Hirsch, uh, I mean, he's he's in his probably early 30s now. He's very much a child of the late 80s, early 90s, and a lot of that influence comes through. They have episodes where they're referencing like Street Fighter and the boy bands of the late 90s, early 2000s. Early anime. Anime. Oh, definitely anime. Um especially the the finale we'll talk about a little bit but his influences go far and wide uh in that kind of pop culture space but uh he literally made the show after he left uh flapjacks i, I think that's the name of the uh name. it was it was he he was on Fla- uh flapjack yeah he was on flapjack on cartoon network and then he i i i don't think he yeah i don't think he wrote the show but he was in fish hooks which is also a disney xd show and he did some work on Phineas and Ferb. So right. I believe it went Flapjack, Phineas and Ferb, Fish Hooks, and then he kind of got his own show. But Flapjacks is interesting because it actually spawned uh, – the people on there uh, were the creators now of Regular Show and uh, uh, Adventure Time yep. and Gravity Falls. So they all come from that same pedigree. They all work together doing uh, Flapjacks and then have done other things since. So it kind of has – some of the sensibilities of those other shows. However, the thing I, I and, and Hirsch pointed this out, uh, one of the things that makes Gravity Falls different is there is an ongoing narrative. There is an ongoing mystery to solve. It is a little less kind of abstract and zany as some of the other shows, like I mentioned. Yeah. Um, and, and let's even include Steven Universe in that whole batch. But, uh, you know, he, he did it on Disney. Those other shows are on more adult friendly sort of platform so, so bit, he, yeah. he definitely has uh, over the course of his uh his time at disney he's had a struggle to try to keep standards and practices happy with what he puts out on the show and he in this interview with um ben blacker he mentions some of the specific things they fought on and it's not even things that are obvious like things that you just would not expect there to be an issue it, with. it's standard and practices like nonsense things like you you can't you can't have them look down. That's in the crotch region. Like it's it, it, yeah. When whenever you hear an interview and they talk about standards and practices, depending on the network. Like I heard Nickelodeon was kind of a weird nightmarish like maze, especially when Joan and Vasquez did Inter- Invaders M and stuff like that. It was just the mo- like certain colors of shirts, certain shading on characters' hair. It you know. Um, and that's just outside of content. I can't imagine what they had him go through and with a fine comb. Yeah, I was trying to go back and uh, quickly figure out or, or, or remind myself of what it was. But th- again, things that you would be surprised by. But um, overall, the show does manage to get some really good humor in. And it's definitely one of those cartoons that, you know, if you're uh, younger or if you have children that are younger, uh, uh, good friends of mine in the curling club that I'm in, they love Gravity Falls, and they're in their late 30s, early 40s, and their kids are in their teens and love it, just absolutely love it. And they actually, and this is what they've told me many times, they're like, I'm so happy, our daughter's so thrilled that you love Gravity Falls and that you're into that and da 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 And, you know, I'm not into that many cartoons anymore. Obviously, I've, I've kind of grown out of it, but you, you just you just become a little less interested in that kind of thing over yeah. time. Uh, at least, you know, it's not really on your, it's not really on your radar at some point. You use kind of, and Japanese cartoons also, I mean, I'm a big anime fan and I, I have watched fewer and fewer, but, uh, Gravity Falls is just definitely one of those ones that just caught me off guard. And, um, some of the people involved, some of the storylines, 
the character of Grunkle Stan himself, uh, you know, if you've not seen the show, we are going to spoil a little bit. Uh, but if you have seen the show, of course, you understand Grunkle Stan is this guy who's he's he's the consummate shyster. He's a con. He's like, yeah, the con man always after a buck. He, he's always got his angle. And yet the journey he's on is sort of this figuring out how to be an uncle and how to be this 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 caretaker of a family, which he's really never had. And part of it's because he actually lost his twin brother, uh, Grunkle Ford, who they introduce uh, at least in passing in the first season. I think uh, there's, a, there's that twins episode uh, and they don't mention who he is. But then in the second season, you actually get to know a little bit more about him. And there's this underlying mystery in the first season that, you know, Grunkle Stan is up to something. Yeah. You don't know what he's doing, but they they constantly sort of reference. I mean, See, there's constantly a... they, every now and again they drop a little thing where he's he's going into this like vending machine he's like punching some extra code in he and it's secret like... secret rooms and and secret codes well actually funny thing is so I I don't pay for cable I don't pay for cable we have streaming you're smart, services you're smart and I usually watch episodes when people quickly post them on YouTube well doing that I would see a couple of episodes um or I'd see them in the break room at work. And they would always have like, what's today's Gravity Falls mystery code? Because in the first season, during the opening, at the very the very last note, they would flash a symbol or they would flash a picture of a character, uh, and somebody would be whispering backwards. And whispering backwards throughout the first season at the end of the opening is, Stan isn't what he seems. So there was always this kind of on there was this mystery that they it seemed like they already had the answer to this mystery. From the very, very beginning. Yeah. But, the, you know, they wanted they wanted the viewers to kind of figure things out. There were various symbols that would pop up in the opening, various symbols that would pop up at the end of a episode. They would just flash a random symbol. And, and Hirsch, again, coming from his love of X-Files and, and puzzles and mysteries, yeah, he put that in there because, I mean, you hear a lot of times make the art or make the thing that you would enjoy – you know, reading, watching, doing whatever. Yeah. And that's him. He's like, I really, really would have enjoyed if I was a kid having this show that constantly put these little mysteries out there. And he did have, I think, from what he's said, a sort of an end game in mind that led to Grunkle Ford and that whole revelation. But, you know, it's one of those things as a creator, you don't know how long it'll go. It could go uh, for years and it could, you, you need to stretch it out. Yeah. And the beautiful thing about the show is, again, it had this sort of uh, monster of the week thing, and then this mythology thing, very much X Files. Yeah. Which is why Chris Carter was able to kind of keep that show running and running and running into the ground, uh, as we've saw in the most recent uh, return of it. But we'll get into that in a future episode, I think. <laughs> um, so you know, it's 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 a fun show. The uh, Uncle Ford thing is interesting because. It, it, it you don't know if this thing that Stan is doing for for a while is is beneficial or not, and they actually play with yeah. that idea: is is Stan up to no good? Is he trying to destroy the world? They introduce this character who, if you like Gravity Falls or if you you know you go out and check this out, Bill Cipher is sort of the is. antagonist of the whole series, and cosplayers love dressing up as him. Okay, and and so essentially. For those of you that are still new, that are new to the show, Bill Cipher is, for lack of a better terms, a kind of Mister Mix Mixes Spitlick. Am yeah. I saying that? He's he's a trickster. He's kind of a trickster, and he he can't really affect things on a physical plane. 
throughout most of the season. He literally just kind of fades in and out. Somebody summons him. Another antagonist summons him um, to help him steal something from somebody's mind. And he's fun, though. Like, that's the one thing about Bill Cipher throughout the whole series is every time he comes onto the screen, he's almost a scene stealer. Oh, yeah. No, he's 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 visually kind of an arresting character because he they play plays off the imagery of the on the back of the dollar bill. You've the, got the, the Illuminati uh, the, imagery. Uh, the triangle or the pyramid with the eye. That's basically his uh, a cartoon version of that. With a top hat. Uh, with a top hat. Yeah. And cosplayers love this character. Like they, they dress up in all kinds of different incarnations. In fact, he possesses characters, including Dipper. And so there's also <laughs> people at Megacon last year. Uh, I'll, I'll get to my part of this here in a second because there is a personal connection. But uh, some of the people in that group were, or one of them particularly was Dipper, as possessed by Bill Cipher and had the contact lenses and everything <laughs> and the freaky eyes and, and was playing the character. Um, but you know, Gravity Falls is is one of those shows that is still, even though it's been out since 2012, it's not new. No, it, it's popular, but it's also sort of underground, so you don't see a lot of cosplayers. Um, so that encouraged me to try my hand at cosplay, which I had only done like in passing once. Uh, I did a Tron hoodie back when Tron Legacy came out. And oh, I yeah. had this EL wire, and I was trying to go for the Jeff Bridges kind of thing. But whatever, that was nothing. That was that was a dilettante attempt at cosplay so this time i was like you know i think i'm gonna try to do grunkle stan because i looked online i found a few people who've done them women like to dress up like him crossplay and, and pull oh, it yeah. off great with the but, beard and everything like the, the stubble and everything and that's the thing you can totally pull the stubble off with just some makeup so i you know of course we know a lot of drag queens and i started consulting with a couple of them including divine grace and 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 Chantel Roche and I'm like, well, how would I pull this off? And of course, they sent me down the road to our Orlando's premiere makeup and and, and costuming store, Embellish FX. So you know, I went there and I, after going to Walmart first, trying a few things there. But anyway, no, it like it's really not too bad to pull off no matter what your skin tone, no matter whatever, to get that stubble look. And then from there, it's a tux. There's a funky tie you can get off uh, Amazon or eBay. It's like the Colonel Sanders tie. Yep. And there's a, a, a Fez. And, of course, Doctor Who fans, you know, Fezes are cool, but, you know, they're also fairly easy to find. And then there's, like, a, a, a symbol that he has on it that actually changes over the course of the show. I don't know if you realize that. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's vaguely like a Pac-Man, but also can look like a fish. It's like a Pac-Man fish eating and, something. And, and they never really – yeah, like a, like a power pellet. They never really talk about it, but they, it does change. Um and then of course he's got his this this is like in one scene he doesn't really use it much he's got a staff or like a, a magic a magician's cane with a magic eight ball on the on the top so so those are basically like it so I I put this together in a couple days I went to MegaCon on the Friday which is like the first day last year when it was like only yeah. three days because now it's like four days um and I was the only Uncle Stan and this is the first time I've ever done cosplay and I had a ball i had so much fun because people were so excited to see a grunkle stand they just there was no other one there uh there were other mables and dippers and so you will see that i've seen tons of mables and dippers because they're pretty easy to pull off too right? uh, yeah it's it, it's like getting ready for a camping trip one's like getting ready for a camping trip and one's like going back in time to get ready for your date in the 80s oh my god with the sweater the sweater and the crazy oh, the crazy the sweaters. unicorns oh. 
Um, but no, and then um, Bill Seifert. Okay, so so we, I actually had such a good experience Friday. I hadn't planned to go back. I went back Saturday and Sunday. Uh, Saturday I went back in costume. Actually, I think that's when I went to uh, embellish, got some different makeup, tried to do a little better job. Oh, and then the nose too. The nose is kind of like a reddish orange. Yeah. So you get some kind of like a, a, a sort of a certain color there to to. It's basically implying he's an alcoholic. Yeah. Even though in the show he doesn't really drink. Um. But anyway, so all that came together really well. I went back second day. I actually got some great group shots, uh, because they basically said, "Oh no, you need to come back tomorrow. We're gonna do these group." Gravity Falls cosplay things and, and MegaCon, you know, it's like kind of like DragonCon. There's a huge cosplay presence. Yep. They do these group shots, maybe not as well executed as DragonCon because DragonCon, it's usually more, uh, you have like professional photographers or or people who make this their thing and they get these cool different setups and all this stuff. Uh, one of the guys that we've known from the comics podcast uh, circles, Pat Loika. Always does some amazing shots at the uh, at DragonCon and other conventions, uh, usually around X Men. But um, this was just more of a meetup, and we took some shots, and it was fun. And uh, there were a couple other Grunkle stands there that day, uh, including the oh, and then there was the the Cyphers, Bill Cyphers. But it was fun, and and everyone was super nice. And it was Gravity Falls is one of those shows; it's family friendly. But there is some slight, sort of subtle adult humor. They slide in some of the, some of the, there are some adult jokes in there. Oh yeah. That they just like, just like draw, just slide on in there, and it's so quick, and you barely notice it. They're like, there's an episode about uh, Dipper trying to date, and Grunkle Stan gives him like the worst oh, advice because Grunkle Stan ninety percent of the time gives the worst advice when they're on the road trip. Yep. Yep. And. And Grunkle Stan ends up hitting on this woman that ends up being like a literal black widow, like <laughs> not a woman that just happens to like murder her husbands, but no, she is a actual giant spider, just like everything tucked in. So it's, I, I love, Grun- I love Grunkle Stan. I actually love the contrast with Grunkle Ford, which I think you need to totally do that. You need to do us. A, and their full names are Stan Lee and Stan Ford. So. Yeah, I forgot about that too. Um, I mean, they're basically fraternal twins, just like, or that they, they're not identical, are they? They're identical. D- Dipper and Mabel? No, no. Well, Dipper, or, Dipper and Mabel are fraternal. Yes. But I think Stan Lee and Stanford are identical. Identical. Yeah. They're identical. Um, and like I said, J.K. Simmons' voice, Stanford, Stanford. Um, that's right, because they even play off that in the finale. Mm-hmm. They brought him in the second half of the second season. And he became a mainstay of the show. I was shocked because I thought, oh, this is going to be – this is going to sort of resolve the mystery that all this is building up to. He's the guy who wrote all the journals that Dipper is obsessed about yes. in the first season and uses uh, – in fact, uh, Uncle Stan uses to bring Ford back from this parallel or this weird other dimension. He's That's his whole yeah. conspiracy thing he's been doing. Isn't to summon the end of the world. It's to actually bring his brother back because he misses him. Which, and of course, which the, is also his mistake. Well, of course. But they but they don't get along great. And, and you know, of course, you guys know Jeff on the show. He's my brother. Like, we've had a ups and downs over our course of our, 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 our lives together. And that element of fraternal um, and, and really brother or sister sort of uh, rivalries, um, interplay, you know, how – one victory for well, victory for one of you can be a, a defeat for the other sometimes. Like yeah. when is it like, a, and th- that's part of the story element that Alex Hirsch really wanted uh, in the first season, especially is th- there would always be something that Dipper would want and he would try to put it in contrast to what Mabel wanted. 
and that would be the conflict. Yeah. And at the end, and they would actually with, come around, and both would benefit. Both would win, so yep. to speak. And the same thing with Mabel. Mabel would want to do something that was completely not what Dipper wanted to do, because they are very opposite types of people. Mm-hmm. But you know, it, it's it's interesting to you know when you watch because the whole first season you get it's Dipper and Mabel, you know Dipper and Mabel trying to you know take on the rich girl or take on the ghosts or you know or Mabel trying to help Dipper ask out uh, one of their coworkers. It's and yes, Stan puts in the work in the myst- in the mystery shack, which is the uh, the uh, tourist trap that Stan runs. Oh, and of course, we're we're leaving out a lot of the great there's, supporting cast. There's the supporting cast is is probably just because the, there'll be episodes that center around the supporting cast. Uh, so the supporting cast characters you have Seuss, who's the maintenance man for the mystery ch- mystery shack, that like he sees Stan as his like father, his father figure. Um, you've got Wendy who works the, the register at the mystery shack and she's the only girl in a, in a home full of boys. So she's kind of rough and tumble. You have all of her friends. Um, wait, 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 back up. Her father is the hot lumberjack. Yes. And, and the voice actor is very attractive too. Oh, I didn't, I don't remember. The voice actor is exceptionally attractive. Okay. Um, so sorry, I just, I just, <laughs> as a gay podcast, of course, we do like our our, our bears and and whatnot. And so oh, no, I, yeah. I thought that is certainly worth mentioning. Yes, her ninety percent of the show, you can see her father in the background punching something. Yeah, um, chopping wood. Chopping wood, punching lumberjack, mm-hmm. lumberjack family. Uh, you have all of her friends, uh, who are actually who play really well off of each other. Uh, and then you have two of my personal favorite uh, side characters, the sheriff and his deputy. Oh, yes. Sheriff I'm glad we got to that. Yep. Blubs, uh, Blub, Sheriff Blubs and Durland, or uh, Deputy Durland. The whole series, they are always together. Mm-hmm. They vacation together. You never see one without the other. It's very implied they're more than just partners or they're they're more than just professional partners but nothing is made explicit it's oh, no, very it's... implied until until yeah <laughs> until the last episode when and and alex uh tweeted or posted on tumblr about this i think i think he never thought that they really could go there but the thing that they did it's is a little bit of a cop-out because you can read it either way. Like you could, they say something like, it, it's kind of like a montage of where did everybody end up after the apocalypse? And yeah. We didn't mention that there's an apocalypse, but you know, we'll, we'll circle back. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. We'll put a pin in that. Uh, the the sheriff, the two, the cop, they're not they're not both sheriffs, right? No, uh, um, no, you've you've got Sheriff Blubs. Oh, okay, and then the big black dude, and yep. then you have Deputy Durland, that's who's right. like the really skinny white guy. And I feel like that's sort of a weird takeoff of Dukes of Hazard, but I don't know who knows. Um, but basically, they they have their montage moment. Oh well, we found this, and we found this, and then they go, oh, we found love, and then they sort of look longingly at each other. That is basically Alex Hirsch's way of putting a gay couple in the series. But they also made it – they did it just right where if you didn't know better, you could just think, oh, well, yeah, they love each other. Exactly. They're like brothers. I mean it, it was – it's very skillful if you're trying to be sub- subversive or sort of just under the radar. And for Disney, again, you, you kind of have to. But you know, in this day and age – I don't know why you really couldn't just make him more explicit, but but they it was good. I was yeah. very, I mean, it confirmed exactly what I've always thought that they were. And together. and uh, you know what's funny, and they're side characters. They're they're the so they're essentially the goof the goofy cops that never catch yeah. like any of the Which weird paranormal stuff. Which is where I get the whole uh, you know Dukes, of, Dukes Hazard. of Hazard thing. Yeah, you, know? you it's it's something you 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 don't dislike their characters either. Like their their characters are lovably goofy and. You're just like, oh, okay, what, you know, sh- the sheriff and deputy, like, chilling out, yeah, doing, they're, their, they're doing their stuff. And then at one point, something happens to Durlin, and Blubs is, like, inconsolable. Yeah, that was and my first major, th- like, that, oh. And that's what you're like, wait a minute. He's And, and he's like, my Durlin. He's, like, not my deputy Durlin. And he's cr- crying, ripping his shirt. Like, yeah. It's pretty good. Like I, I, you can tell the voice actors had fun with the the voice actors had fun with the with those two characters. Um, now, do we mention Seuss? Yes. Okay. The the Seuss, the um, maintenance guy for the yeah. Mr. Seuss is another character that you you kind of over time learn more and more about. You meet his abuela at oh, one point, and you abuela. don't even realize you don't even realize he has any kind of Hispanic heritage at all. Oh yeah. Because he's drawn in such a way that you could just think, oh, he's he's this. This dumpy, almost like Patrick the Starfish kind of from yeah. SpongeBob, very like triangular. He's not. He's sense. not very smart. Cone shaped. Well, he's. It's weird. He, I wouldn't say he's not he's, smart. He's. He's handy. Like because there's the whole short series uh-huh. fixing it with Seuss. Yeah. And basically, I mean, he can. He's like the MacGyver. He can repair whatever and do crazy things. And, you, and use like bubble gum and. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he's a goofball. He's a total goofball. And there, there is uh, moments, of course, they do introduce a love interest for him in the arcade uh, uh, episode. And his abuela is great. And she's always, you know, all of taking care of him. You, and, you, you want me to shoot him? No, no, abuela. That's fine. That's that's okay. Okay. It, it was it was really a nice new color, a nice new note to put in the show that is mostly about your tr- traditional sort of like white Americans. I mean, you know, the, the the characters of color and of other ethnicities, they're few and far between. I mean, yeah. it's, it's Oregon. Come on. Um, but like, you know, Seuss 
and the sheriff. Uh, uh, sheriff Blubs. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I mean, they have, oh, of course, uh, mystical uh, creatures. And yeah, and then there's there's also. The merman. And... Ma- yeah, Mabel Mabel makes two friends while she's oh, there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wendy, um, Wendy. Wh- Wendy and Brenda. Yeah, oh, Brenda. Oh, God, let's talk about Brenda. So, Brenda, <laughs> I don't remember who voiced. Oh, I know exactly who voices Brenda. Okay, so another aside here. Uh, last year, I went to uh, Heroes Con in Charlotte. And Matt Chap of the Brothers Chap, who did uh, Homestar Runner, were there. Uh, really? I... Matt was there. Okay. Now, I love Homestar. I love uh, Strong Bad. I love all that. I went and saw them at UCF once. I really enjoy their web series. Kind of lost the beam on what they were doing lately. I haven't really caught up with them. Um, so I talked to Matt while he was there, and I said, well, you know, what have you guys been doing? And Matt's like, oh, I've been working on Gravity Falls. And this is uh, last summer. And basically, at that point, he kind of told me, he's like, Gravity Falls is wrapping up. Um, and it's only because Alex is kind of not wanting it to go on forever. He doesn't want it to get spread too thin. And kind of implied he had a better deal elsewhere. So we're going to talk about that. But I may know where that better, well, better deal is. We'll talk about that in a minute. So basically, he's like, well, you know, we, we've had so much fun. It's a great show. I've, I've been thrilled, you know. Alex was a big fan of the of the Homestar and Strong Bad, and is part of the reason that they, uh, I think he, Matt and his brother, came out to work for Disney, and and he's like, and I said, oh, what, you know, what do you do on the show besides write? You know, he's like, oh, I voice a bunch of characters. Well, one of the characters he voices is Brenda. So if you listen to Brenda, you can kind of hear it's like a little, a slightly overweight high school or middle school girl with the voice of Strong Bad. But not strong bad, really, but sort of that, like that, the spirit of strong bad, if you like will. Like puberty punched her in the face, or puberty right. is in the process of punching her in the face. Right. So very deep and gravelly, and it's 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 kind of hilarious. Um. So yeah, she's Mabel. She and Wendy are Mabel's. Not Wendy. She and Wendy. Wendy, right? Wendy. Oh, that's that's what I'm checking. I don't yeah. think it's Wendy. Oh, it's not Wendy. Um. Yeah. No, it's Wendy. Okay. Yeah. Wendy, um, the um, so so then she has an Asian friend named Wendy who's just very like so you have Brenda who's like willing to kick the door down, and then you've got Wendy who's just very soft spoken and kind of speaks broken English, and is like super sugary sweet, and so when you put Mabel with these two characters, they're like like girlfriends on a road trip. And they have a slumber party episode, and they even make – I think at one point they make – It's not Wendy. It's Candy. Candy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It's, now her – her so so it's funny. This is kind of one of those fun little uh, – those things. Some of the voice actors are also storyboard artists. Uh, and so Nikki Yang is a uh, Korean uh, now, I believe, American citizen or at least lives in America. She is the voice of Candy Chu. That is the friend. So not Wendy. Wendy, and that makes sense. Oh, Wendy yeah, yeah. is Dipper's obsession. Yeah, Dipper's who works at love the interest. Shack. Yeah. yeah, love interest, kind of. Like, there's definitely a, a sort of a mutual understanding there, but it, it's not as it's more one sided. And she's two years. She's like two or three years older than him. Right. So it's one of those things where everybody has that story when they were like 13 years old, and, you and they your crush met, on your older. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You 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 go work a job during the summer and. What what was that movie? There's a movie that covered that whole thing. It was The Sandlot. The Sandlot and that one nerdy kid who's obsessed with the lifeguard. So it's it's Well it, in fact they play off that kind of so trope in one of the episodes. They yep. have the merman and I think Dipper fall Dipper 
Artie is interested in Wendy, but Wendy's a lifeguard. Mm-hmm. And then that re- brings Dipper to be a lifeguard. And then there's the merman in the pool. Uh, so, yeah, again, the, movie, uh, the show plays an awful lot of tropes. Uh, I also feel like we have to mention Waddles. Oh, Waddles. Waddles is this goofy-looking pig that Mabel really, really, really wants to win at a fair. And what – so that, that sounds very pedestrian, like, oh, well, that's not very special. But what it actually happens is there is a time travel component to that episode, this time travel from the distant future um, – Oh man, I have to figure out his name. And he comes back. He's he comes uh he comes back a couple times in the show. Um and of course there's a whole mythology about the the time travel and the time baby who is like the the ruler of all time oh, travelers. Yes. There's, this whole thing. There's a giant time baby with a very deep voice. It's <laughs> it's a little crazy. Uh but uh this guy comes back and they steal his time travel device, uh Mabel and Dipper. And basically it's this whole play on, well what if we change this? You know, what if we change that? And it's all in relation to who actually wants to get the pig. And it, it's sort of kind of nice because there's like, again, this is where Alex was trying to set apart uh, Dipper's goals from, from Mabel's goals. And they're sort of at, at odds. And that's where some of the conflict comes. But in the end, you know, Dipper makes a sacrifice to miss out on making a a, a pass at Wendy. Yeah. Or, or so- missing an opportunity to, to, to make good with Wendy. But also then get Mabel her pig. So so Waddles comes out of that story and is then there for the rest of the show. Yeah, and Waddles is like there is no moment in the show where you look up and you're like, I'm tired of that pig. No, Waddles is the most adorably yeah. drawn thing on this earth. And they even have they even involve an episode with Waddles where Dipper and Dipper manages to build a device that gives Waddle and incre- gives Waddles increased intelligence. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so and then what? And uh, and Waddles is like, you know, I'm sorry, my pig arms cannot reach the keyboard. It's, it's super cute, and and one of those mo- one of those issue of the week, monster of the week episodes mm-hmm. that just completely, you know, make you make you love the show. So it's 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 a really smart way of growing the characters and building their relationships with monsters of the week. You know, and it does kind of reset at the end of everyone. So, so one of the things, if if you're a completist and you want to start from the beginning, watch the first episode. But from there, you really do have the luxury of kind of watching it in any order you want because they don't really build off each other. The second season is different. Second season yeah. absolutely is more of an arc-driven thing. But that first season, you know, you can jump around, and they're very episodic. The shorts that they've done also fit very much within any. Yeah, moment in the show. The show is bookended between the arrival for the summer and the basically the departure, the, the end of the summer. Um, and so it is kind of a neat little uh, sort of a metaphor that the end of the show or the end of the summer, as it approaches, there is this apocalyptic event that takes place in the the town itself, and it's it's apocalyptic. Like I will be honest, I was shocked with the sort of Boschian messed up what they do with the towns oh my gosh the and the the weird creatures <laughs> like okay so Hieronymus Bosch if you've ever googled like hell or you just go on a weird dark tangent you decide you want to look up Bosch I think it's B-O-S-C-H and hell like this is what people think it's like good old-fashioned nightmare fuel yeah it is it is there are I mean there are some episodes that are unsettling 
But then there are, but the, the uh, what was the, uh, it was the, the three-part finale. It's Weird Weird, weird Mageddon. Weird Mageddon. And this three-part finale with with Bill Cipher kind of. He takes over the, he, he takes he, over, he wants to take over the world or the whole reality, but he ends up taking over Gravity Falls. Exactly. He takes over Gravity Falls. So this is Bill Cipher on a physical plane, unrestrained. And he stops time. He he every he affects everything to the degree that the intro is even changed. Yeah, which and is a nice touch. It is a very nice touch, and it's terrifying. It is the most unsettling thing I think that I've ever seen happen in a cartoon. I don't want to spoil what happens to the townsfolk, but all of these different characters that you've come to know about and care about to some extent in the show, they all have fate temporary. I will put that out there. It all ends well. That is really kind of messed up for a kid's cartoon. I w- and and just you got to see it. It's a visual thing, but when you see it, you'll be like, wow, that's messed up. Yeah, that's I, won't, messed I up. won't tell you what character, but somebody pretty much goes up to him and says, sure, you know what? I, w- I will follow you to the ends of time. I hope to be one of your horsemen of the apocalypse. And he goes, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. How about I shuffle the, the functions of every hole in your face? And literally oh, – I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah, literally moves his ears or noses and his mouth is an eyeball. It's pretty horrific. They they, they And I think they had a little bit extra uh, carte blanche because the show is ending. They can get away with some stuff. Yeah. Um, another character we've completely left out and – it's kind of relevant because he plays off that southern snake oil salesman religious to some extent, although they don't they don't really make him a religious. Uh, little Gideon. Little Gideon, who's actually kind of the big bad for season one. Yeah. Uh, Bill Cipher's kind of in the background, but Little Gideon, uh, and and has this accent. It's a southern draw. There is sort of an effem- – I mean, there, well, there is an effeminate There's quality effeminate to him, certainly, quality that him. I was kind of wondering. I'm like – because he has an obsession with Mabel. Yeah, but I'm he also like, has an obsession with looking good in his hair. Well, and I'm like, really? Is this is – this, are you are you really obs- – is Mabel your fag hag? Is Mabel your fruit fly? Like how is this actually going to play <laughs> Your out? beard. Yeah, is Mabel your beard? Because But no, but but they, they stayed true to that version of a little Gideon and he stays uh, well, if, heterosexual at least as far as I can if tell. If you never see the show and you want to have an idea of what Lil Gideon, Gideon is like, think of those old style tent revivals yes. that would travel around the Midwest yep. and he's the preacher getting everybody like hyped for for Jesus and handling snakes and 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 again they don't bring in religion he's very much like he's like a psychic well he's, but they play off that same trope and he's he's kind of the only real competition to stands to stands mystery shack right. in the first season because he has something called the tent of telepathy yeah and then and he actually ends up I mean it's he's a, in possession of journal one, number another, two another journal and so that's and so they actually at the end of the season one have this big showdown and it's really cool but. Uh, his character and his whole family actually gets involved, and by the end of season two, it, you know he's in a different place. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, I won't say he's nicer. I will say he's, yeah, he's more contained. He's learned his lessons, maybe. I don't know. He's he's different. It's it's he's ha- he has a journey. Let's just yes. leave it there. Um, and so you know, of course, if you've never seen this show, you're like, oh my god, this is info dump. What the hell is all this crap? But I want you to get a flavor for it, and I feel like. There's enough things out there that you know if you if you're a fan of regular show or um, Adventure Time, if you if you like X Files, if if you like mysteries and 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 any of these kind of cultural references and touchstones are are interesting to you, like this is a show that even though it's a kids' cartoon, has possible relevance for you and you might enjoy. Yes. 
Um, and, and it it's you know, the animation style is very reminiscent of of older cartoons. Like all the characters kind of have that that kind of Popeye esque. Like a couple of them got that button nose. Yeah. Some. All like you can kind of tell what a character's all about oh, by looking at them. What's that character that's got the cut off jean shorts? Do you know what I'm so talking about? So many. No, no, no. There's one in particular. Uh, he's played as kind of like the like the Family Guy guy. He's like, oh no. He has oh, that sort of. He, he become he becomes the mayor. Right. I can't think of his name, and he's, but he whatever. has cut off jorts, <laughs> and he has this. Re- ridiculously cutesy face yes. and eyelashes. He has really long eyelashes, and rosy never, cheeks. And he turns like when during the the, the weird Mageddon, he turns into like a like a badass at one point. Like like they play off Fury Road a little bit. I oh think, no, no, there's, or so, so, there's, so there's two of them. There's there's the super cute guy uh-huh. who becomes mayor, oh, and, he, and whenever somebody's getting beaten up, he's always in the corner going get him, get him. Yep, yep. And then you have Toby. Who, Toby, I oh, forgot about Toby. And Toby's voiced by. Oh, let me, where is that? Toby's actually uh, voiced by somebody pretty recognizable. Greg Turkington? Uh, is that Toby? Yeah, never mind. That's Toby. I'm thinking of somebody. It's his, his character name. I didn't know this. Is Toby Determined. Toby Determined. Which is kind of hilarious. And, and that's a great sister for uh, Perpetual Indulges. Uh, I think that would be a great name. <laughs> but for it fits one. the character because he's always so sad. And at one point you think he's a reporter, but he's really just – he literally is just holding like a tape recorder and then listens to it at home by himself. He is best personified, if you will, as the sad trombone. Yes. He is the character that is the complete sad sack. And then, la- and then la- later in later in this well during Weird Mageddon, he's got piercings and he's all decked out. That's right. So he's the one that becomes the badass. <laughs> and every- and, and everybody's just like, I think we, you know, I think everybody's gotten something from this event. A rash. Like that's kind of all he gets. Yeah. So I mean, I I got to give this show a lot of credit. Not only did it draw me in like almost the first episode, but it kept me interested with these bizarre caricatures of different arc of, of just whatever crazy things they came up with they brought in claymation at one point oh claymation live action live action um, there there is an they, episode where they literally just yeah it, it's not a lot it's just for 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 fun you know basically and for a bit and for a bit and it worked and and overall the story held together the ending is exactly what you want it it doesn't really make too many surprises i mean there's a couple little uh swerves that you don't expect but overall like every character kind of ends in a good place and it leaves the door open for future uh visit revisitations if you will now we know alex is moving on um not only is he involved in rick and morty yeah on uh, some other stuff but you, you have a, a lead well on- so apparently um it's been revealed that he was approached by fox um to put to do a show and not necessarily a comedy because 90% like 90% of the animated shows that pop up on Fox and they were kind of animated primetime block or animation domination block on Sundays they um they're usually comedy oriented but uh they they kind of showed interest in him doing something similar to Gravity Falls like mystery-esque a lot of mystery a lot more hard hard story and if they I mean, imagine Gravity Falls in like a primetime slot. I mean, good lord, if they got away with that on a Disney channel sort of thing with oh, all know, the stuff right? they pulled there, I can't imagine what he would get if if the if the leash was completely off. But you know, sometimes I, I do feel like that that really constricted environment where you have to 
meet these deadlines and you have all this input from the studio, it actually helps you. Like it constrains you creatively it and forces you to be creative. It, and it really forces you to, to solve problems you otherwise could just get away with easy yeah. solutions. Uh, the standards and practices thing, what I, I went back and I, I looked it up. One of the things in the uh, Halloween, no, Summerween episode is they have like some kind of like party. I think they're doing this thing in the abandoned grocery store, maybe. Mm-hmm. And they were going to have a spin the bottle game oh. or something some reference to a spend the bottle game and because standards of practice came back and said you know we really don't want you to do that they changed it to something stupid like S&P game and that's for standards and practices and that was their solution <laughs> to get away with it and it kind of was a dig at standards and practices but you know it ended up being you know you know whatever it was it was sort of their way of sort of being counterculture or I don't know counterculture is the right word but you know what I mean like kind of giving a middle finger to the uh, to the people it's a great show for all ages. Yeah, it's a great show for it's, all ages. And I think it's evergreen. It's 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 beautifully rendered. I think in 10, 15, 20 years, it's still going to hold up because you'll have kids who grew up with sort of the cultural influences that came out during Gravity Falls and some of that's sort of in there. Yeah. Oh, there's a lot. And yeah, then the, the grandparents that we will be, oh, my God, will still get some of the awful you know, references to our culture. Like – when it's, when 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 a kid runs up to us and says, "Look, I got a bracelet," and it's a slap bracelet, we're gonna be like, "Oh, honey." Yeah, exactly. No, like, I mean it's 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 fun. I I highly recommend it for parents. Obviously, kids probably you know eight years old and up, you know, and and they'll get one thing out of it now, and then in another ten, fifteen, twenty years, they'll get something else out of it, which is always yeah. great, you know. Um, kind of like the Golden Girls for the rest of us. <laughs> uh, but no, seriously, check out uh, Gravity Falls. Uh, it should be out soon. I want to get it on Blu-ray. Um, it's on Hulu, I think the first season, and I'm sure if you scour the internet, it, you'll it's find um. It. I actually ended up buying the the three part the the series finale the the three parter on, on um Amazon. They oh, have it on Amazon Prime and all. Okay. They have it on Amazon Prime, and I'm 100 percent sure they probably have it on the Google Play, the Google Play, the Googles, or um, the the iTunes. And let us know what your favorite character is uh, from Gravity Falls, and we'll also put up some clips or pictures of uh. My Grunkle Stan uh, drag. And then when Megacon rolls around, uh, I have not officially announced this, but I will do so on the show. Uh, I am going to be Grunkle Ford uh, at, at Megacon. At Don't least forget one that day. extra finger. I have to work that out, yes. Uh, I have the whole outfit. I was going to do Halloween, and I threw my back out. Ah. So I have all of this cool stuff, including, I will say, one of my favorite little touches, uh, a light-up 20-sided uh, D20 die. <laughs> so because there's a whole thing about uh not dungeons and dragons but whatever the equivalent is where oh they, yeah it's, they have this real life uh the the the, the calculator it's yeah it's, it's yeah it's dungeons and dragons dungeons and dragons themed episode it's, um but so i have this whole thing i'm definitely excited about doing and uh since since grunkle standing on four to the same age they look very similar i'm, I'm hopefully gonna pull that off but we'll have pictures of that and please let us know your favorite characters. And if you do want to interact and you want to know more about our show, of course, you know you can find us on uh, Facebook, Flame On Show. Twitter. Flame On Podcast. Everywhere else is Flame On Show. That includes Tumblr. That includes Twitter. Oh, well, we may mention Twitter. Um, all of our emails are out there at Flame On Show. Uh, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and uh, Spotify. SoundCloud. 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 Uh, I don't know about Spotify. They may not have podcasts. They do. They do. They oh. do have podcasts now. We should we should try to see should, about should, getting on there. Yeah, we should check for on there. But what we really are trying to get right now, if you have a chance and you like our show, review us. Please go on iTunes, leave us a review. It can be as 
short as a sentence or even you, one word. You don't have to like me. You could you could be like you, the be BJ's honest. voice sounds really nerdy. Like, and I will try. Yeah. I will do my best to sound more much more interesting if that's what you want. But you have to tell us. Yeah, no, we really do want your feedback, and the iTunes reviews are uh, they're a big factor in getting uh, sort of the word out. And more directly, if you want to get the word out for us, just tell a friend. Yeah. Tweet at us uh, at Flame on Podcast. Let friends of yours know that we're out there and that we're doing this kind of thing. Send them a link. Send them a link. Send, tell your local comic shop. Whatever you can. We really appreciate it. It actually makes a huge difference for us. And so uh, so uh, please do that. Yeah. And on that note, Flame off. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Flame On, presented by Nerdy Show. If you like what you heard, please rate and review us on iTunes. Like and follow us on SoundCloud, or give us your feedback at nerdyshow.com slash survey. Flame On was produced by Pat O'Rourke, edited by Pat O'Rourke, and special thanks to Pat O'Rourke, not Brian who likes to take the credit for doing what I see is nothing. As listener-supported entertainment, we rely on you to keep this and other shows on the Nerdy Show Network alive by telling a friend or funding the network via Patreon. Any size contribution gets you exclusive outtakes, episodes, and images from across the network, and there's even more perks available. Just head to patreon.com slash nerdyshow. To find out how you or your company can underwrite this or other Nerdy Show programming, visit nerdyshow.com slash sponsorships. For more podcasts, articles, community forums, and other awesomeness, visit nerdyshow.com. And be sure to follow Nerdy Show and flame on on all your favorite social networks like Twitter, Recon, Scruff, Grinder, Twitter. Did I say Twitter? Did I hit all the major ones? Jacked, like Hornet if you're in uh, like Southeast Asia. I think that's it. I think I've hit the maybe one day they'll give me like free membership. I'm paying for premium. That's a joke. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.